Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we've got a loaded show for you. We're going to talk about the Ravens' loss to the Bengals this past Thursday night. We're also going to look at uh, ways the Ravens can improve moving forward, touch on the uh, injury updates with C.J. Mosley um, and Ronnie Stanley, and also look forward to the Denver Broncos game this Sunday. So jumping right into it, the Ravens' loss to the Bengals. Um, in not a great fashion last week. Um, the final score of that match against the Bengals, uh, it was a Thursday night game. Um, the The final score against the Bengals was 34-23. Ravens were down 21-0 at one point. It was just a bad, bad first half showing, but the Ravens eventually were able to fight through it. Um, did not come up with a win, but they did show um, some some fight in them, some some valiance. Um, overall, not great showing again. Um, many reasons for the loss. Um, the number one glaring reason is the Ravens just did not get out on the first half ready to go. It was obvious from the start that they were not able to um, put together anything on offense and on defense. It was just atrocious. Um, and that really had a lot to do with C.J. Mosley's injury. So we're going to talk about um, his update, what what's going on with him later, but just to touch on what it meant for this game, um, the first drive, they were able to stop the Bengals, I think it was on a three and out, but C.J. Mosley gets injured, um, he doesn't return to the field, he's carted off the field, um, and he doesn't return for the game, and they just start hitting A.J. Green over the middle, like over and over again, he ends up on three catches, scoring three touchdowns, putting the Bengals up by 21 points, um, or maybe it was 14, I don't remember, but it was, it was, it was 21 points, but I don't remember if the Ravens scored in there or not, um, but he... He put on a show in the middle of the field. The Ravens eventually would move Eric Weddle down in there to try to cover him. That seemed to clear things up, but um, it, it wasn't it wasn't going to save the entire team at that point. Um, so yeah, AJ Green over the middle versus the middle linebackers. At that point, you had Kenny Young and Patrick Onwaso, um, Peanut in there. Neither of them were really able to bottle up A.J. Green at all. I mean, Kenny Young had an okay day, especially against the run. But, I mean, against the pass, they were just not able to do anything. And, and A.J. Green always tears the Ravens up. I don't care if we look at the statistics and someone says, oh, he hasn't scored a touchdown on them in X amount of games. He's going to tear the Ravens up. It's always happened. It's going to happen continually. Andy Dalton is not a great quarterback, but because he has A.J. Green, he's able to look better. He's able to do things against the Ravens um, that normally he would not be able to and the Bengals just have the Ravens number and that seems to be the case on Thursday Joe Flacco is never a good quarterback in Cincinnati it's very rare he'll have a great day uh he did not have a good day uh mainly in the start of the game he kind of settled in after that but um the interception at the beginning of the game he tried to connect with I think it was John Brown on the right side and just threw right in double coverage and got picked off not a not a great start for Joe Flacco at all um his numbers were not great. He ended up throwing quite a lot in that game. Um, in the game against Cincinnati, uh, Flacco threw for 55 times. You know, nothing major there. Um, not a good uh, statistic. The Ravens really tend to like the running game, but Alex Collins has not got on the ground a whole lot. And that's not to say it's Alex Collins' fault. Throwing with Flacco 55 times in a game, yeah, well, that was kind of merited because they were down, right? Ravens are down. You've got to put some points on the board. You're going to put it in the air because that's your best chance. 
But Collins, usually we want to get a you know decent run game going to the point where Collins is going to be able to carry the offense on the ground, and that just has not happened. Um, Collins in the game ran for nine, nine attempts, 35 yards. Not a terrible day, right? Could be a little better, but it's about average for him. Um, but they haven't been able to get to him. And maybe, well, not maybe, part of the reason is because the offensive line has not protected Flacco or the running game very well. They haven't opened up holes. It's just not an overall offensive line that we want to, um, that you'd want to be behind. So, um, Matt Skurr didn't look too good. James Hurst didn't look too good on the right tackle. Ryan Stanley got hurt late at the end of the game, though. It didn't really matter at that point. But overall, that offensive line uh, isn't helping. Um, Flacco was pressured quite often in that game. Um, very often, actually. Um, sacks. He was sacked about, you know, four times. Um, and hit quite often, as I said. One of the hits resulted in the interception. You know, he was throwing the ball in the process of throwing the ball, and as his hit arm was extending, it was about to extend, he gets hit, and then it just wobbles away. Um, he was looking for John Brown deep. It was probably, it could have been a touchdown. He was open pretty darn deep, but being hit, and the ball just fluttered in the air, and it was way low. So that obviously wasn't his fault. Um, but Flacco did throw two touchdowns on the day. Um, one to, I think it was John Brown. Yeah, caught an amazing catch on the side of the field. I mean, that that was insane. He caught it behind a defender's back. He was literally, the defender was facing him, and, and John Brown was facing the football um, in, the, in the corner of the end zone, and John Brown, like, puts his arm around the defender to catch the ball for the touchdown. Both feet are in. Amazing. Um, then you also have Mark Andrews' uh, nice little touchdown grab. Yeah, solid touchdown grab from from the rookie tight end. Looking to see him do well this year, especially with Hayden Hurst out. Um, no no indication he'll play this Sunday, but he might be out. He might come back soon afterwards. Um, but yeah, uh, another reason for the poor offensive performance. Um, look, um, Joe Mixon against against our our guys. I said going into it, Joe Mixon, um, along with AJ Green, and then you know the resurgence of the offense would be a very important factor um, that the Ravens have to stop. They have to stop Joe Mixon, and they were not able to do that. Joe Mixon um, was off the field at some point. Um, he did um, sustain an injury, but at the same time, when he was on the field, he was just wrecking the Ravens' defense. Um, and part of that is because C.J. Mosley's out. You know, C.J. Mosley not in the game. Kenny Young and Patrick Anwas are going to be the middle linebackers tasked with, you know, watching the run up the middle. And Joe Mixon just kept abusing it over and over. Um, the other running backs just couldn't do it. It was Joe Mixon, completely Joe Mixon, all Joe Mixon. Um, and the blocks weren't super good. He would escape from, from tacklers, too. But, um, you know, Joe Mixon, 84 yards, 21 rushing attempts. He even had a 21-yarder he broke for. Um, compare that to Gio Bernard's six rushes for just 27 yards, and then John Ross's, you know, little three-yard rush trick play they had in there. John Ross actually caught a ball, which was interesting. He caught an eight-yard uh, pass. So shout out to John Ross for actually doing something. Um, I was hoping the Ravens would draft him a couple years ago. I am glad I was wrong that they did not, because he has not done anything for the Bengals in his now second year there. It's just not been good. Okay, so there's room to improve, obviously. Um, what I will say about the Ravens' loss is it's not deadly. I did predict the Ravens to lose this game just because it's in Cincinnati. I think they'll split Cincinnati's series. They'll end up winning um, down the road when, when Cincinnati visits Baltimore. Um, I didn't 
I didn't expect it to be this bad. I thought the Ravens would at least look good on offense to start. I didn't think it would get out of hand quickly. I thought it would be maybe a one-point game down the line, um, but it wasn't. Um, the Bengals did win by eight. Um, I'm sorry, 11. It was an eight-point game, and then they extended it with a field goal. Um, I didn't expect it to be that bad. So how can the Ravens improve? Well, number one, they've got to figure out this offensive line. Do they want Matt Skura at center, and do they want James Harris at right tackle? These are the two positions that have been, you know, questionable. I mean, Alex Lewis is doing okay at the left guard. Um, nothing terrible from him. He, he, he'll be all right moving forward, I think, but they have the option of replacing him with potentially James Harris, who can play on the inside as well. Um, if I'm the Ravens, I would want to see Ronnie Stan, I'm sorry, Orlando Brown Jr. play on the right tackle because the way he played in the preseason was phenomenal. I don't really think James Hurst is going to be as good as him, and I think it would be great to give him that experience early on in his career, Orlando Brown, that is, um, to continue to develop. I think he's very much close to James Hurst, if not ahead of James Hurst, um, talent-wise and then playing-wise right now. Um, and he's just a big, strong, athletic dude. He's going to be able to stop um, pass rushers, and especially on the outside position, that's where your best pass rushers are coming from. Um, you got to have somebody really good there who's going to be able to stop these guys. And James Hurst, we know what James Hurst can do. He's going to he's going to be like a stopgap. If something goes wrong, you just place him in, um, and he'll, he'll be able to hold the fort down. I think he'd be better at guard. He's played in the inside before, and I think he might be better if they want to switch him out with Alex Lewis or maybe even potentially center. I mean, Matt Skura right now didn't look good. It did not look good for Matt Skura at all against the Bengals on Thursday night. I don't know if the Ravens want to continue on with Skura or if they want to um, replace him. They did work out a lot of centers. They worked out a ton of centers um, and inside interior offensive linemen that they might want to, you know, try to have become the starters if, if they don't think Skura can do it. They didn't sign any of them. No roster moves have been made yet. But it's it's you know, no decisions have been made. I still won't. I don't know which way they're going to go. But at least tells me that that they're open to, to any option. Um, if they do sign the center, uh, they're going to have to cut somebody. I don't think they'll cut Skura. They'll probably cut Jermaine Illuminor, who's been a disappointment in the middle. I mean, you know, he's drafted in the late rounds. What's he really going to do? But would at least like to see him do you know something a little better along the line in his time in Baltimore. He has yet to do that. I mean, it's still early, but. You know, we'll we'll see how that works. It's only a second year. Um, what are the Ravens going to do with the run game? Uh, they've got to get it moving. They have to improve it. Primarily, it's just an issue of play calling and offensive line play. Um, you, if you're down 21, you know, 14, 21 points, you're going to disproportionately throw the ball. It's just a faster way of moving the football. But... If you have a run game, you can balance it out. You can, you know, have a much more even offense, which is going to benefit your team overall. They need to get the running game moving quickly. Against the Bills, they did that in the first drive, but they never really could get it afterwards. Part of the problem was the wet field and this, that, and the other thing, and the offensive line. I get that. I get that. But the Ravens have to actually be able to put put real yards when it counts. Against the Bengals... You know, they only ran Alex Collins nine times for 35 yards. It's unacceptable. Okay, I get it. You're down, but you shouldn't be down in the first place. That's a defensive issue. We'll talk about that, how we can improve there. But you have to get the uh, this this rushing game moving. And um, Harbaugh even said it, they've got to get it moving this week. Against the Broncos, we're going to talk about that too. Um, but one of the keys I'll talk about is the running game and how it has to get moving. Alex Collins has to be utilized. When you see Alex Collins, I mean, he had some good runs. He had a 14-yard run receiving game. He had some yards. 
um, Alex Collins was was three receiving had three receiving yards for 55 yards. He was the third leading receiver in the game in reception total uh, reception yards. A 24 yard reception too. I mean, this these are not just like random little numbers we're talking about here. This is this is a player who's who makes plays for the Ravens and and they haven't been able to get him going. Well, they, I mean, he's he's able to he's able to produce, but they haven't been utilizing him. That's what I'm trying to say. They're not utilizing him properly. That's a big disappointment in the offense. Um, but it, it is somewhat it's excusable what happened in the Bills game just because of the weather against Cincinnati. I see what happened there. You're down a lot, but you shouldn't have been down a lot in the first place. Alex Collins needs to be utilized more, much more than he is right now. Um, what are the Ravens going to do with Janarian Grant? Are we going to cut him or are we going to keep him? Look. Janarian Grant is an electric returner. He had against the Bills that 50-yard return on the punt was phenomenal. He's got, he's always fighting for extra yards. He's got a lot of talent. Um, he did very well um, in the returning game in college. But now you're looking at him and you're saying, okay, two fumbles in two weeks. What are we going to do with this? Harbaugh does not like people who fumble. That's the one thing Harbaugh cannot stand are people who fumble the ball. If Grant's going to continue to fumble the ball, he's going to get put in the dog pound, right? He's, he's going to just be thrown, thrown out, essentially. We can't have players fumbling the ball, especially on returns, you know. So Grant, you know, Alex Collins last year, he had the issue with fumbling, and the Ravens were able to get him through it, and then he became an electric player. If Grant can get through the same thing, if he can improve his ball-carrying ability, if he can you know, keep it high and tight and not fumble the ball, he's going to be a very good returner for the Ravens. Just the way you, if you watch him, the way he returns the ball, he's always looking for a way out. He's always looking to fight for extra yards. He's never giving up on a play. That's what we want in a returner. But you can't have him fumble the ball. That's the issue. Um, if he gets over it, he's going to be an electric returner. If he doesn't get over it, he's not going to stay with the Ravens very long. He'll just turn back to Tim White. That's about it. Um, do I think they make a move this week? No, but I think they're going to work or are working on, on uh, holding the ball with him. That's for certain. They're going to continue to, you know, make sure he, you know, continue to train him to make sure he doesn't fumble the ball. Um, whether he fumbles or not, that's going to be on his own accord. So the Ravens have to hope he, he won't fumble anymore. Um, and, of course, he had the fumble in the preseason, too, which, you know, wasn't good either. So those three fumbles, really not a good sign for Grant, but I think he can get through it. You know, he made it this far. No way he's going to give up now. And hopefully he does get through it because the talent that Grant has is unbelievable. Um, it, it's remarkable. And I think he's got a lot of um, opportunity to really do something along um, through these Raven, the Ravens special teams here. Uh, a real phenomenal player. Okay, middle linebackers. What the heck are the Ravens going to do here? How are they going to improve this? Well, they got to train Patrick Unwasser and Kenny Young more. Kenny Young looks really nice in the run-stuffing game. That's something the Ravens like. Um, not necessarily against Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a nice day. Um, but against other other guys, and Kenny Young made some tackles um, to other players. It was just a very good performance by Kenny Young. Patrick Unwasser was kind of there, but didn't do a whole lot. The Ravens um, need one of these guys to step up. They re-signed Albert McClellan. They put Maurice Kennedy on... on um, on the IR to do that. Albert McClellan's a veteran, was with the Ravens since 2010, was cut this past offseason in favor of an undrafted rookie, uh, Chris Board. But moving forward, they want to have him back on the roster just because of 
um, C.J. Mosley's injury, and I think you know he'll provide that veteran presence that'll know what to do in certain situations. That you know the third year Patrick Unwasser and the rookie Kenny Young just didn't know what to do, right? Agent Green over the middle kept abusing them, and they couldn't figure out what to do. I think if you have Albert McClellan in there in that situation, he's elite. maybe he's not as talented as Agent Green, uh, or you know as talented as C.J. Mosley is at, at middle linebacker. But at least he knows what to do, and he's got a better chance of stopping A.J. Green going over the middle than Patrick Unwas or Kenny Young or Chris Board do. Um, uh, that being said, I do want to segue into C.J. Mosley and, um, of course, Ronnie Stanley's injury. Let's just talk about Ronnie Stanley quickly um, because there's not a whole lot to talk about. He goes down, uh, missed the last 12 plays of the game um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. After the game, he gives a press conference, says he's fine. Um just got banged up a little bit all indication looks like he'll play Sunday I don't see why he wouldn't at this point he seems healthy it looks like he just got banged up a little bit and against that game against the Bengals in that game uh it would be hard not to get banged up a little bit just the way that they were playing the hard-nosed football everything was going wrong for the Ravens but they were able to get out of there alive at least um barring the, these two injuries CJ Mosley um his injury is the other one um it looked pretty bad when it happened. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of assuming it was an ACL tear, the way he came down on his knee. And then he immediately walked off the field. He's like, you know, something's wrong with my knee. Something's wrong with my knee. Um, I was scared it was going to be an ACL tear because that's what happens to a lot of players. You know, the tear starts and you don't realize it's happening until you go down on it badly and it just pops and everything just goes. Um, that's not the case, thank God. Um, C.J. Mosley did not tear his ACL. Instead, he has a uh, bone bruise. So what exactly does this mean for the Ravens? Well, he's not going to be out for the season now. If he tore his ACL, he'd um, definitely be out for the season, no questions asked. Bone bruise, he's out for a couple weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe four at the most. Um, that's why they put Albert McClellan on the roster, then put Maurice Kennedy on the IR. Um, I thought they would cut Darius Williams instead of putting Maurice Kennedy on the IR, but I... You know, I just assume Maurice Kennedy would get healthy quickly. Um, this doesn't look like he will be healthy very quickly, but he is eligible to return, which is nice um, moving forward. But the Ravens will want to have, they will want to have um, C.J. Mosley back before they get rid of Alvin McClellan, or maybe they get rid of you know someone else if they think Alvin McClellan's doing very well and uh, is holding down the fort pretty well, and they, they think that him lined up next to Mosley would be better than. Um, either the two younger players, or three younger players, I should say, because Chris Board is in that conversation as well. Um, but Mosley will be back sometime this season. Um, a lot of people were pegging him as one of the best players on defense this year, was looking for another Pro Bowl season, uh, big contract year, looking for a contract extension with the Baltimore Ravens, and this injury gets in the way. Um, how is this going to affect his contract? really could go one of two ways. If the Ravens think he's not going to be super healthy, they're going to try to lowball him. But if the Ravens realize that this dude is literally the entire defense, um, especially in the run, stopping the run and over the middle stuff, then they're going to send a boatload of cash his way. <laughs> That's essentially, this, those are the two options here. They're either going to lowball him or they're going to, you know, overpay him. Maybe not overpay him because Mosley's a very talented athlete and he's very valuable to this Ravens team. But they're going to pay him well. Uh, very well. So um, I kind of subscribe to the notion that they want to increase their offer. Um, just the way the evidence we have right now, the way the defense handled um, the Bengals without him was just 
awful. It, it just was did not constitute um, what NFL football should look like. And um, the Ravens saw that too, and now they're like, well, if we lose Mosley forever, how is this defense going to react? You know, we're trying to win now. We think we have a Super Bowl window opening here. Let's get this 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 win soon if we can do it. So we have to pay Mosley now. Um, and they don't want to let Mosley go. He he's a he is one of the best, if not the best, linebackers in the National Football League right now. Three Pro Bowls in four years. Uh, he's in his fifth year now. No question that they have to keep C.J. Mosley. Um, no brainer, especially with the Ravens' defensive tradition. He's he's basically the second best inside linebacker that seems ever had, and he's only been here for this is his fifth year. Um, so the Ravens are going to try to keep him. Um, which also makes me think that they're going to try to pay him a little more. Obviously, the two sides have not reached an agreement yet, but that's okay. They will. I think they really will, and I hope they will, because if they don't, this defense is going to take a drastic turn for the worse. But I do think they will. Mosley wants to stay in Baltimore, and Baltimore wants Mosley to stay somewhere along the lines. They'll, f- they'll figure out the financials. Okay, moving into the last topic for the day, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos' upcoming game in Baltimore this Sunday at 1 p.m., Looks like it might rain again, so if you're going to the game, bring your rain rain gear. I know I'm going to the game again. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to tweet out more live things against the Bills. I wasn't really able to do so just because the rain was pouring and the phone, my phone, was not really taking kindly to that. So, um, how are the Ravens going to beat the Denver Broncos? Well, first off, the Ravens need to beat the Denver Broncos here because, you know, coming off of that loss in Cincinnati, you're going to have to do something differently. You're going to have to put your team back in position where you're like, okay, I'm confident now. I can go win. I can win more games. I can build off of this. Um, you're not getting that from the Cincinnati Bengals. You need to, to take the emotion you have of loss and, like, we got we got manhandled in that game. We're better than this. We, we shouldn't be here. Uh, you need to take those emotions. You need to put it forth against the Denver Broncos and be like, we're going to win this game and we're going to get back on track. If they can't win the game, they're not going to want to get back on track. They're not going to believe anymore. If they do win the game, they're going to, you know, be drinking their own Kool-Aid. They're going to be, you know, ready to go for the rest of the season. Um, it's always crucial to have the momentum in the beginning of the year, I think. Um, we saw the past few years, the Ravens, you know, start off well and then they have a bad game, let's say against last year. Um, against the uh, not Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. That game was terrible, but the Ravens lost some momentum after that, right? Did not end well for them. They they couldn't beat the Steelers after that. Um, so the Ravens really need to, to get out to a nice win here to get back to two and one uh, to you know be back on the winning side of things and um, really help to win the games they should win. That would be uh, very beneficial in their quest for the playoffs, especially being someone who was also contending with them in the playoffs here. The Denver Broncos are 2-0. Maybe they'll win their division this year. It's a weaker division, or at least should have been on paper. The Kansas City Chiefs are roaring right now. But Denver Bronco may compete for a wild card. Baltimore might be competing for a wild card, depending on how, how the division pans out. Got to get a win over the Denver Broncos just in case. Um, so there's three keys to this game. The first thing they have, the Ravens have to do, establish the run game. Alex Collins against the Cincinnati Bengals, invisible for the most part, wasn't given the ball a lot, not a whole lot of opportunities for him to really do much uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, running-wise. He did get some, some receptions in there for those 50-some yards, 
but they do need to give they need to give Alex Collins over 100 yards. They have to make sure because then that also provides Flacco like, okay, I don't need to throw the ball 55 times in this game to win, right? There's nothing wrong with throwing the ball, you know, maybe 30, 35 times. Uh, but that's still high typically for a Flacco because the Ravens' offense is so built around the run. But if you're throwing the ball 55 times, you know, there's no pa- there's no way that the the defense is going to expect anything else in the pass, and they're just going to keep covering it, and you're going to continue to be inefficient in it. Um, if you're in a comeback situation, you got to pass, but you should not be in that situation in the first place. So that's why I think that the Ravens have to limit their turnovers as well. Last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, lots of turnovers, um, or two main ones by Flacco. One his fault, one not his fault. That one early on, that was his fault. That he threw dub- into double coverage. Um, that was a terrible idea. Why did he have to throw that? That hurt the team, uh, specifically momentum-wise, because now you're giving the, the Cincinnati Bengals the ball, they're going to score, and now you're feeling deflated. Like, you just, just gave them a score, right? If you don't have those early turnovers, if you go a full quarter quarter and a half before you turn the ball over maybe even the entire half you know that's a plus because you're bound to turn the ball over like once a game right it's it's not rare to not turn the ball over but you know it's uncommon like it doesn't happen every time um um yeah so the ravens need to make sure they don't turn the ball over a lot be careful with what they do flacco himself he's got to be more focused um, he looked off target in Cincinnati. He's got to make sure he does not do the same thing against Denver because that team's going to punish you. That defense is, you know, they lost to keep the lead, but they've, they're still good. You know, Chris Harris is there. They, they, they're going to punish you if you, you know, give them an opportunity. Um, they're going to take that opportunity. So Ravens have to limit the turnovers. And then, of course, they're going to have to stop the running game. They could not do that against um, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Mixon. Philip Lindsay, um, probably relatively unknown to everybody, but he's been having a decent year so far, 178 yards on the ground. Uh, the two games he played, um, he's averaged, um, not that he averages, but, you know, the two games he played in, um, similar yardage situations, 14 attempts, 107 rushing yards against Oakland last week. Uh, a 53-yarder included. And then against Seattle in the first week, the win in Seattle, 15 attempts for 71 yards. So 4.7 yards per carry and 7.6 yards per carry. Not light numbers for Philip Lindsay. Um, This guy, he's a rookie um, from Colorado. You know, the Ravens probably weren't expecting him to be an X-factor heading into the season, looking at, you know, the X-Factors on Denver, they probably say, well, Case Keenum, Demarius Thomas, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, these are the guys on offense we have to worry about. No, it's Philip Lindsay. We don't want this rookie to run over our offense. Um, I'm sorry, run over our defense, and especially the way the, the defense played last week against Joe Mixon. And even the defensive line, Brandon Williams wasn't doing very well either. The entire defensive line just wasn't getting very much penetration. And then the, the pass rushers weren't getting penetration on Andy Dalton either. So... They've got to be able to stop Philip Lindsay in the running game. Um, the reason I'm not singling out Case Keenum as the more definitive factor here, along with Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, um, I think Case Keenum, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, he's going to manage the game well, and he's also going to make plays at certain times, but he's not going to be the best quarterback ever. Um, he's a little bit more predictable 
than, let's say, Tom Brady. So the Ravens should be able to, to lock um, some of these, not lock these receivers down, but could do a fair enough job in covering them and preventing a whole lot of plays. Plays are going to happen. You know, he'll score some touchdowns uh, through the passing game, but it's not going to be the end of the world for the Ravens. But they have to establish dominance um, on the defensive line and stop Philip Lindsay from doing anything um, tremendously bad to the Ravens off uh, to the Ravens defense, scoring a lot of points for the Denver Broncos. Um, so yeah, those those are the three key factors. I think that this um, this game could really go either way. Uh, unfortunately, going into the season, I thought this would be an easy win for Baltimore. I didn't think Denver would be that good. Starting out two and zero, yeah, I know they played Seattle, who's gutted, and Oakland. That's um, that's not that great this year. That team. But I still think that, you know, winning two in a row, you know, the performance they've had, it's been good. Um, but it, it all depends on those three things and if the Ravens are going to move on from their loss from Cincinnati. I think the 10-day break helps them. Um, I think that they probably um, will have moved on. And I think, you know, this game could go either way, but I will probably give Baltimore the advantage. Uh, my predictions are not out yet. I haven't done those yet. But speaking from a gut feeling, I think that Baltimore would have the upper hand, especially at home. Baltimore's a good team at home. They've always been. Okay, so that concludes this week's um, episode of Nest Talk. I can't believe we're already this far into it, nine weeks of Nest Talk. Um, if you've enjoyed, make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps a lot. You can find me at Chris Linfon on Twitter. You can find Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. You can go on Facebook and, and like us on Facebook. You do either of those things, you'll make sure to always know when the next episode of Nest Talk is coming out. Last week's episode had a problem rendering on iTunes. It didn't get out to the next day on Thursday. It was recorded on Wednesday. It did not get out till Thursday. Don't know what happened there, but iTunes just was not having it. Um, this one hopefully will get out tonight, Wednesday night. Um, also, you can follow the blog, Baltimore Feather, at Be More Feather on Twitter, or you can go on Facebook and just search up The Baltimore Feather. Um, make sure you get all our articles. I post articles there all the time. If you like the podcast, you'll like the blog. Uh, it's paired with so go check that out all right i think i've covered everything for today so um that's my spiel uh i'm chris linfont signing out take care everybody